Hello and welcome to another episode of Rosenberg and Estes' podcast, Inside R&E. My name is Adam Sanders. I'm a member of the firm's transactional department, and I focus on acquisitions and sales, financing, joint ventures, opportunity zones, and local law 97. My guest today is Nicole Hay. Nicole is the co-founder and one of the leaders of the Hay and Holt team, uh, a global New York City real estate team at Compass that specializes in residential sales, rentals, and investments. She has been referred to as a deal doctor, which I have seen firsthand on a transaction, and is known for her ability to think outside the box to get deals done for her clients. She was awarded Rebney's Esteemed Deal of the Year Award, which was the deal I was on as well, and a Rising Star Award. For fun, Nicole captures all of New York's beauty and hottest luxury listings on her Instagram page, uh, NY Power Broker, um, which has been featured on ABC and the Daily News multiple times. We're thrilled to have her today. Hello, Nicole. Hello. Thank you for having me here. So, you know, we do these podcasts and it's always to talk about things uh, about New York City real estate. And one of the exciting reasons why I wanted to have you on, aside from uh, your experience and knowledge about the residential market is as well as your ability to think outside the box, to use social media, um, and to really kind of, uh, you know, uh, promote, promote the, what the, the units you're selling for your clients, as well as your team, uh, in a very kind of seamless way. So let's first talk about how you started. Okay. Because I remember, you know, uh, in all, Full disclosure, Nicole has been my broker, mine and my wife's broker on a few deals. And it started literally at a dinner where you were like, wait, I know a great building for you guys. And um, so why don't you start by telling us how you got into residential brokerage, your experiences and kind of where you are now um, with your team? Yeah, so it's interesting. When I first graduated, um, I ended up getting a job at Condé Nast in publishing. And I was doing ad sales over at Allure Magazine. And I realized I love selling and I love that side of the business where I'm meeting new people and I'm, you know, constantly engaging. And, and I remember meeting different brands and I, I just, I love the aspect of sales. From there, I transitioned over to Queens, New York business. And the type of sales I was doing there was also ad sales. However, I was doing some cold calls. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I would say that the cold calling, which is brutal, by the way, <laughs> was probably brutal, pivotal. Brutal, brutal. I had to do it. Horrendous. Uh, <laughs> but really helped shape the type of sales person that I am today and gave me a platform so that I can pretty much convert anybody from the moment that I meet them into wanting to work with me and seeing my value and at the same time helping them find the home of their dreams. So I feel like my background in sales has basically shifted over into what I do today. And real estate kind of just presented itself because during my own search for my own apartment, I realized I really liked looking at apartments and I really liked the aspect of like finding the one and negotiating deals. I ended up negotiating the deal for my own apartment, even though I wasn't licensed then um, with the help of my friend who was a broker. And from there, I ended up getting my license and never looked back. I love what I do. I'm very lucky. Okay. Now, I mean, I think... Uh... I've seen you do it and I've seen it, um, you know, firsthand. So uh, I see your enthusiasm. Um, I wanted to talk about, so you started um, before COVID, you know, and you started to really pick up speed before COVID and talk a little bit about how the market's changed for you, because you know, the people that may listen to this podcast, 
you know, maybe have not been in the market since COVID. Okay. Maybe they bought or sold pre COVID. Now that market's different than what it is now. So maybe pick out a few things, a few things that you've seen change that could help someone listening to kind of maybe, you know, issue spot or, or kind of avoid certain kind of uh, problems or maybe utilize some benefits from it. Yeah, it's a great point. And the market has really changed uh, from the pre-COVID era to now. Things I would say, you know, just from like a surface level that have changed. Uh, I used to do FaceTime tours and I thought I was so novel in that approach because I did sell some apartments to people from abroad, uh, people out west of California uh, via FaceTime. And during COVID, that became so much more of a thing. People weren't allowed into apartments. And I found that I had to be doing these FaceTime tours more. So I always joke that I became an expert in giving the best FaceTime tour ever. So, so like I like hone into details and uh, and now to this day I do that I do that more than ever actually. And I feel like it's just become an easier way for the buyers that work with me to see products for me to kind of, you know, go out there and, and preview things for Isn't them. Is it kind of first look? It's kind of Is like, it a, like first a first look, look for someone yeah. where they then want to go in. Yeah. So I'll do both. I've done I've done transactions okay. where they where they've sight unseen except for the FaceTime closed on a property. Uh, and that's a little bit scary, but we've done that before. Oh, wow. And then I'll also do it where I'm previewing things okay. for people and then they're able to say, yes, I would like to fly back. And when I do, I want to see this. No, I don't want to see it. So it's it's working in both ways. Uh, another cool thing I've noticed, which I love since uh, COVID is you know, we used to, everything was, is now more digitalized. So no more print hard copies um, of like listing show sheets. We're doing more email-based, more sending things to your inbox, and we're more collaborating digitally. We're also, in addition to that, I feel like not coming to the closings anymore, Adam. I don't know if you're noticing this or not, uh, but brokers I would not make you show up at a closing. <laughs> I mean, brokers were kind of asked to yeah. stop coming to show to the closing table because you wanted less people in the room. And this has kind of now transpired where it's, they're done more remotely, I guess. I mean, you know more about this than I do, but uh, we're not required yeah. uh, to, to be at the closing table like we used to be. Um, and then just in terms of the market and activity, uh, you know, things definitely uh, pre COVID were, were much more active, took a big standstill, obviously during the pandemic. Then we had that spike in Q1 and Q2 of last year where it was, busier and crazier than ever. Um, I probably done the most transactions I've ever done in the first half of last year. And then again, with the rates kind of increasing, we've seen a little bit of a, a, a dip and now we've kind of plateaued a little bit. So, so yeah, it's definitely been a, a wild ride. During COVID, you obviously were able to utilize certain technologies such as the FaceTime, which you've discussed as well as the digital uh, layouts that you can utilize with that in, through in empty apartments. And I've seen them and you're always, you're, they're so good. You're like, I don't even know if that's real, but it still looks great. I can't wait to have that apartment. So at the same time, social media has become very easy to create um, a profile and to get, to get pictures and, and stuff out there. And I've seen you really brand yourself well through the New York, the NY Power Broker uh, Instagram. Let's start by saying, what made you start utilizing that? How has it evolved? And where do you think you're seeing the best benefit from it? I love this question because 
Instagram has been something that I've kind of evolved with. I was very apprehensive in the beginning. Uh, I, I was sitting in a coffee shop one day early in my career and I'm like, I need to think of a really good handle, something catchy uh, that kind of resonates with like what, what I'm doing here. So and NY Power Broker was available and I snatched it up and uh, I just started kind of having fun with it at first. And I, I kind of felt like I was this amazing photographer as we all do when we're on uh, on Instagram. And I was just taking pictures of some of the apartments that I was viewing. And I noticed that the feedback was really cool. People were like, wow, I love, you know, seeing inside these luxury apartments or the views, or sometimes it'll be the amenities, but I was getting really great feedback and response. And the cool thing is I noticed with time, I was actually picking up clients from it. So I had people from Australia reaching out to me. I had people from the Middle East reaching out to me. I even had somebody from New Jersey reach out to me. <laughs> so, I had this amazing <laughs> I had this amazing way of kind of reaching the masses and sharing just what I do every day and the response to it has been really nice and refreshing. Uh and on just side note I I also have fun with it. I you know, my, I think my personality shines through a little bit on there. Uh but I just I enjoy it and and I find that it's been really good for getting listings out, getting the word out on what my listings are, sell price, you know, also conveying uh just what I do to people who are looking from abroad and they want a New York based broker who they kind of feel like they know because they follow me on Instagram. So that's been really cool. So as someone that, as you described, represents um, New Yorkers as well as international clients, uh, what trends um, and what types of units are you seeing uh, of interest from each one separately? You know, in the past, there's always, you know, uh, international like kind of flashy names and, and well-known uh, buildings, why New Yorkers might be a little more nuanced in, in what they want. Um, what trends are you seeing for each now? So I'm seeing a lot of parents buying for their children. Uh, this is a, a, a trend right now that I'm noticing um, market-wide. We have, we have students graduating, the parents are paying the apartment and then their, their children are paying for the monthly carrying costs. We're seeing that a lot. Uh, other trends that I'm seeing are we're seeing a lot of all cash buyers right now more than ever. Uh, and that's just a result of, you know, rates being what both, they are. Both domestic and international. Yeah, I, I'm doing a lot of all cash deals um, more than in the past. Okay. But I'm also seeing and this is something new for me that I, I hadn't ever done until this past year, actually, is owner financing deals. So we have sellers who are crafting out ways for buyers to be able to purchase the apartment. And not all sellers can do it, obviously, but the few that can, we've been offering this as an option to kind of bring some of the sideline buyers out, uh, you know, so that they can, we can engage them or just to try to get deals done. Uh, so this, this is, this is something new that I'm kind of, uh, experiencing. Um, I don't think it's going to last. I think rates eventually will, you know, come down and then we're going to have a huge uptick again in activity. From, from all the buyers that have been sidelined. But yeah, I think those are the three probably biggest trends I've noticed so far. Yeah, I mean, as an attorney, I usually, when I get asked about that, and um, you know, most of my practice is, is it, mass majority of my practice is commercial, but whenever I'm involved in a residential, um, that has come up before and, and recently, and I'm a little more hesitant to recommend it um, just because it means you still have a relationship with your buyer. Um, 
So, um, but you know, there are ways, I do know there are ways to structure it and we've done them in, in not just in residential and commercial deals as well. Um, and one recently, which was a very contentious deal that I was in actually just finally paid off and I was very happy yeah. about it. Um, but, um, you know, and, and so, uh, to, to move forward with, with the trends of the types of transactions you're seeing, um, I, I kind of describe New York city as a, as a collection of, 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 of many, many neighborhoods, many markets. Okay. You know, and, and every once in a while, there's a brand new one labeled, which always kind of cracks us up. Um, which are the hot areas right now that you're seeing? Um, and maybe give a kind of explanation on why that area is uh, specific. So a neighborhood which I just started doing deals in last year and I've noticed is really, really um, attracting a very cool crowd, young, cool crowd is the Hudson Square area. So that's kind of on the cusp of uh, Tribeca and Soho, and it's walking distance to all of these meatpacking districts. It's walking distance to all of these cool places that young New Yorkers uh, are drawn to and are excited to be in. And uh, there's so many beautiful new developments right there, uh, great opportunities uh, out there to buy. It's a little enclave, uh, but to me, this was like a newer little mini market that I hadn't heard of, Hudson Square. And uh, I think that's definitely attracting this like young, you know, post-grad, upper 20s, low 30s uh, type of buyer. Uh, I also am going to give a shout out to Carnegie Hill, which doesn't get that much love, but it should. It's a, it's an area on the Upper East Side, uh, a little bit maybe sleepier than downtown Hudson Square, but it's attracting lots of young families with children. And I'm finding that families that are, you well, know, I know there's a lot of restaurants, lots of restaurants lots of coming. Restaurants. So true. So many good restaurants. There's a good culture. You've got so many parks around us, very like pet friendly um, and families who just want to upgrade to larger space, larger apartments are are looking over up in Carnegie, Carnegie Hill. Investors surprisingly are buying uh, on the Upper East Side. I feel like I'm dealing with investors up here uh, and, you know, they're buying like one beds and renting them out. And I think that it's because the Upper East Side, you know, you're getting good value up here. So I'm doing a lot of those too. You're representing investors. Okay. Most people, when they think residential um, uh, brokers, they're thinking, you know, just buyers or sellers or people that want, want, have lived in an apartment and want to sell it. What, who are the investors? Okay. Are they, you know, are they pools of people? Or are they just individuals looking to like make, uh, that have cash that want to make a little uh, a revenue stream? Who are these investors? And like, what's their demographic? So you'd be surprised the investors, this is basically their side hustle. So they have, a, they have another real job. You know, these are doctors, they're people that are in finance, they're people who have extra money on the side and want to place it somewhere that they know uh, they can rest assured, will have long-term appreciation, and they're getting that value uh, out of their investment. So they're parking it in New York City real estate, which is a smart thing to do. Uh, but they're not people that are full-time investors. These are people who this is like, like I said, their side hustle. I want to move more to the transactions you've worked on. Okay. Sure. And kind of let you highlight a positive and a negative. Now, uh, the, the transaction that you um, won the award for deal of the year, um, without kind of, you know, getting too much into it, because I, I actually was involved in that deal. Um, and it was an example of where the lawyer, me, was recommending not to do the deal specifically telling you and our client, I don't know about this because I was a little worried, but you, you, you worked it out and figured it out to the point where I was like, okay, let's go. 
Um, <laughs> maybe talk about the specific part of it without getting too much into it on why uh, it was su- it was a deal that that caught the eye of Rebney and was was uh, awarded deal one of the deals of the year there. So that was a really fun deal and I loved working with you on it. The reason I think that was recognized for deal of the year and won an award was because deal of the years are mostly deals that are recognized for being complicated deals, uh, where without the perseverance of the broker or the team, you know, wouldn't be able to kind of push through to the finish line and get to the closing table. So it's more about the difficulty and the complicatedness of the deal as opposed to the price point of the deal. And this deal was just that. Uh, I mean, you remember it was it was a it was basically a converted apartment, uh, which was not legally converted. Uh, and this was done back in the '80s, and it was an amazing amount of space with crazy potential. And the apartment needed a gut, and this is not allowed to be done in New York City without it being legally recognized by the city. Uh, and I basically went on this search to like see if I could find the developer see if I could go and find air rights, see if I could find like, you know, neighboring areas. And it was so funny because we looked into it. And of course, the developer, this was done in the 80s, no longer was alive. So so there was all these like crazy things that kept happening. And, yeah. and remember that? And uh, we just, we were finally able yes. to get it to the closing table. And the apartment now, it has been renovated and is fabulous. So uh, that was really cool, cool thing to happen. And I was I was excited to have you a part of that win. It was a win for both of us. Yeah, I know. Once once you once you came to us with all the information to prove that it was it was great, <laughs> and that he wouldn't have any uh, our clients wouldn't have any problem. I was like, okay, I can't believe you pulled that off. Um, but uh, at the same time, um, what's a deal now um, or in the past year you've closed? that you feel um, that you left just so like invigorated and proud that you got it there. Is there anything kind of unique about that that you can talk about? So I think this is a relationship business. And one of the things that I love most about is that I'm always meeting new people, different kinds of people. And I personally thrive off of that. So any deal that I get done where I walk away from it, feeling like they're so happy with the place that we found them, and the value that I got them, but also that we're able to walk away as like really good friends and to have a meaningful relationship after that. That's the kind of deal that means a lot to me. So I'm excited. Like I, I've made so many friends from the deals that I've done uh, that I talk to all the time and it's not real estate related anymore. It's like, we just hit it off. So those to me are the ones that are the most meaningful, I would say. And they're giving you likes on your uh, Insta. So <laughs> yeah. that's important. Likes and comments. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to... So I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to give you, and I don't know how this is going to work, but five quick questions about kind of the New York residential market where you're going to just, I'll try to give you two sides and you'll say one thing, or I'll just ask you a question and you'll blurt an answer. Okay. So I don't know how it's going to work. Okay. But okay. Okay. Ready? So here's one. Yeah. Rapid fire. What I call condo or co-op. Condo. Always. Majority of apartments in the city, about 70% are co-ops. So condos are not as you know frequently seen, uh, but I do love the flexibility you have in terms of subletting, in terms of renovation, and in terms of resale with a condo. I myself live in a condo. Uh, that being said, co-ops are generally 20% cheaper. So I understand why people are drawn to those. You do get a lot of charm and space with those two, but I'm team condo. Buyer or seller? Buyer. 
I, I love I love working with buyers because I feel like I get to experience for the first time the apartment from their eyes and we got to talk about it. And, you know, I just love being a part of that process to help them find their home. That for me is, is, is exciting, know, an exciting part of the job. And we know that you'll definitely represent any seller. Then. <laughs> of course I will. No, I, I love working with sellers of too. Course. And it's like, that's, I've been hired to get the job done and I always get the job done. Uh, and I'm, I'm proud of, you know, the feedback I get from all the sellers I've worked with, but my preference is buyers. Showing or staging? Oh, that's a good question. I think staging helps so much. Shout out to all the stagers out there. It's uh, It really helps elevate uh, the experience during a showing. You know, it, it, it's the difference okay. between walking into an apartment that's meh and walking in and being like, wow, I could totally live here. So I think, I think staging is key. Are you seeing more units staged or is it only when they, they, they sit on the market or they're empty already. Like what, what, what brings you to having an apartment staged? It's a good question. Staging is usually done in empty spaces where the seller has moved out and no longer lives there in estate sales where they're kind of okay. past their prime and dated and you need to help the buyer re-envision the space uh, and kind of draw their eyes and attention to the good parts of the apartment. And also we could do light staging too. Sometimes it's as simple as like just decluttering a little bit. When I work with sellers, I'm always make sure to do a walkthrough with them to make sure that the house is show ready and looks as, as great as it possibly could. And that's even without staging. It's just, you know, moving things in certain areas. And I have a pretty good eye for that. So, so I like to think that I, you know, I can kind of enhance the experience as a buyer when you walk into and I try to look at it from their eyes. But yeah, I think it's it's an important important thing to do in certain certain situations. New development versus pre-war. Really hard one. Um, new developments. <laughs> I love shiny and new. I love things that are brand yeah, okay. new. I can't. I can't. I don't know. I just love it. But a lot of the buyers I work with only want pre-war. They love the pre-war charm, and I have a lot of respect yeah. for it because I, I'm a fan of architecture and I'm a fan of you know, fireplaces and, okay. and all of these ornate details too, but definitely new devs for, my, for me. So I, I actually, so my, where I live is kind of in the middle. Um, it's definitely a more recent building, but it's not a new building, but it has a, a good amount of amenities. And I would say back in the day, I was fascinated by pre-war because I felt like they had higher ceilings and um, obviously they're more unique. And, and, and so as someone that, that grew up around, um, parents that appreciated architecture, I did as well, and I still do. However, now I think they're building the new developments with the high ceilings, with the, like, and, and, and bigger windows. So, and, and I mean, the amenities are amazing. So, you know, I, I don't plan to move anytime soon, but I don't know. I think I, I, I appreciate the new developments that I'm seeing right now. Okay. For the last question of rapid fire, it's a little different. Um, I'm just going to go with, what do you see in the next five years in residential real estate? Um, how do you like, and you talk about anything, how you see your team, uh, how you see the market, what kind of fascinating thing uh, do you see in the future coming? I think that in the next six to nine months, uh, rates will slowly, I actually had a breakfast with Stephen Lasher this morning, and I know that he was your guest last time. And uh, I asked yeah. him for his projections on the market uh, from a, from a, 
from a mortgage broker's perspective. And he said in about six to nine months, he does foresee that there will be a little bit of a uh, downward shift. And my prediction alongside that is if and when that does happen, which it eventually will, I do believe that uh, there's going to be a frenzy and buyers are going to, you know, come out of the sidelines and activity is going to spike. Uh, there's going to be more competition as a buyer. So my point is, I would say right now you have about two or three months that is a really great opportunistic time as a buyer because you have minimal competition. There's still just enough inventory out there um, where, you know, we could still find you something nice. And there's a lot of room for negotiability right now because sellers are understanding the current, the current trends and deals are happening right now. So it's nice to not have the competition or the bidding wars that we were seeing last year and we'll likely see uh, in, the, in the foreseeable future. So, uh, Nicole, I really appreciate this. I think this is very good and valuable. Um, a lot of people, you know, jumping into the New York residential market, whether they, they're new to it or whether they've even been there before, is always a little intimidating. Um, so it's always good to have someone uh, and, and get a perspective of someone that, that understands it and knows how to um, kind of to, to get through it as easily as possible um, and deal with uh, complex matters um, uh, to the very end. So thank you very much. Again, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, it's always fun chatting with you. And I, I love talking about real estate anytime. Uh, but I just want to say it's also very important to have a, an amazing attorney on every deal. And you've shown me time and time again that you are amazing to have on hand. And, you know, smart, looks over every detail, trusted. Uh, and as an attorney, that's exactly what you need in every real estate transaction. So I've been very fortunate to have worked on several deals with Adam. Um, and you know, I, I think that's key, just as important, if not more important than the uh, broker that you choose. Well, thanks, Nicole. So again, I just want to say again, my name's Adam Sanders, um, in the transaction department at Rosenberg and Estes. Um, uh, we, we handle all kinds of sales as well as residential and Nicole, um, is a compass, uh, part of the Hay Holt group and her contact information will be in the notes, uh, underneath the, uh, the podcast. And I hope, thank you for listening. See you, everyone.